0: Good evening, good evening. All right, so um, it's been kind of an eventful couple of weeks. You know, we've been kind of in and out a few things, and um, it's been a while since we've had small groups, so we're going to jump into small group tonight after after this is over, Um, and uh, and that'll be really good. We're jumping into a brand new series, a relationship series called Lost in Translation. And um, we're going to, tonight, we're going to have a, a conversation, um, and um, I'll get into what it's going to be about here in just a minute. Next week, we're going to look at the five love languages. Um, I love. This analogy that so many times in relationships, we're just speaking different languages. And uh, and it's so good. Uh, that book, if you haven't read it before, I definitely recommend picking it up. It was a paradigm shift for me in terms of relationships and um, and helped me to f- help me to communicate and engage in relationships that were important to me a lot better. Um, and then the following week, uh, we are going to have a panel, and it's going to be uh, myself and Jenna, and we're going to do like kind of a what's on your mind. Um, so if you watch our Instagram, we'll put it up there. There'll be a, uh, an anonymous way that you can text in, you know, any kind of questions that you might you might have. And this will be kind of maybe, maybe focused a little bit more on relationships, um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, We heard a little bit of of Jenna's um, testimony a couple weeks ago. She's been through a lot. I know I've been through a lot. And and, um, and gosh, I mean, uh, not that we have anything to teach you guys um, at all, but maybe we can engage in the conversation together and make it a lot of fun. So um, that's the next couple of weeks, just so you guys kind of know where we're going on Tuesday nights. Just a reminder, too, on Thursdays, we still, uh, we open up the gym every Thursday at 6.30 for Open Gym. We play volleyball, we have a lot of fun. And uh, last week we played handball. I didn't die. I also didn't get hit in the face, which is, uh, that's, a, that's a plus. That's a plus. That's a plus. Okay. All right. Um, I just want to pray over this evening because we're, we're going to jump into something that's kind of deep. A little bit of a, um, a difficult conversation um, to be completely transparent with you this morning, um, when I woke up, I had an entirely different sermon written out for today. I just really felt the Holy Spirit saying, no, we need to go in a different direction and have a different conversation, and and uh, that's where we're going to jump into this evening. So let me just pray over this really quickly. Father, um, Just we know you're here. Thank you for being here. God, right now, I just pray that as we dive into this conversation that could be hard, I pray that each person here within the sound of my voice, whether on our podcast, whatever, that, um, God, that you would just open their heart, that you would open their mind, that you would speak to them directly, Um, speak to us. God, I pray that we have an encounter with you this evening that we can look back on and say, I remember that night because it turned things around pray that over this evening. We just trust you to move. We trust that you want to bring reconciliation. And God, we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, we're talking about conflict in relationships. So here we go. Um, relationships are messy. They're hard, right? It's, it's difficult to be good at relationships. In fact, I don't think any of us are, are really like good at it necessarily. I think we're always learning and we're going, we're all on this journey of kind of like trying to figure out what it means to do relationships, to do life with each other, to figure things out. And I'm not talking about romance. I'm talking about just relationships, right? I mean, it's hard to even be friends sometimes, right? And so I, I had this whole thing, you know, it is a relationship series. And I was like, man, before we jump into the the you know love languages and all this stuff and maybe talking about how we can love each other better, I thought and I and I really felt the Holy Spirit saying, man, we need to talk about why we need to love each other. And start there as a foundation and build on that. And um uh, Because, and I can tell you this, just from my own experience and my own relationships, the enemy wants to destroy relationships. Whether it's friendships, whether it's family, whether it's um, uh, romantic love relationships, the enemy wants to destroy those. Because he knows that when he can do that, We live in a place of tension and self-doubt and we live in a place of isolation and loneliness and that's when we are at our most vulnerable. So we're going to jump into this together and I I just want to encourage you guys to, um, number one, this is all in love and I was telling somebody earlier today, I was like most of the time, 90% of the time when I'm preaching, I'm like preaching to myself, okay, you know, so I'm up here. We're talking about this together. I'm learning, you know what I'm saying. This was really convicting for me too, as I was putting this together this uh, this morning. And but it's so important. You see, what I figured out about love is that it's more simple and fundamental to our lives than what I think we we we. Um, we think in the context of romance often we think about it's like this big sweeping romantic gestures of affection and appreciation and this extreme feeling of like euphoria and excitement and and that's great in the context of friendships right it's often about like uh, you know, we got to be having fun together, right? If if we're not having fun, if it's boring, is the relationship worth investing in, you know? In the context of family, we're always thinking about like being on the same page, maybe politically. I've heard of entire families, biofamilies, biological families like ripped apart because of, you know, different political views and things like that. And the reality is is that we often fall into this trap um, of of having a romantic view of relationships. I'm not talking about romantic in terms of like romance i'm talking about romantic in the sense of like puffed up right like a fairy tale view of relationships we can be friends as long as we see everything eye to eye we can be friends as long as we're always having fun we can be friends as long as there's never tension between us we can be close as long as you never hurt me We can be family as long as every detail is perfect, but the second there's bad blood, the second that I feel that you've sinned against me, you've hurt my feelings, you've wronged me, it's done. And we give up on the relationship. It's over. That's not okay. In other words, we aren't really ready for the human side of relationships, right? We have this this fake view that it's all fun and games, but we are all humans. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I'm not the only one who screwed up relationships badly and had to go crawling asking for forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? when it gets messy, when it gets ugly, when it becomes human, right? We have this attitude, grace for me, but not for thee. Grace for me, but not for thee. It's good, I want grace, I want you to forgive me, but when you've hurt me, mm-mm, nope. We want grace, but we're afraid to ask for it. That's the thing that we're gonna talk about tonight. I think, and I don't know why this is the case, But we are afraid to go to somebody and say, will you forgive me? Those words are actually hard to say. Will you forgive me? That is so different than saying, I'm sorry. Think about what you're saying. You're saying, I'm sorry. I'm a sorry person. I'm sorry. Now, I'm not saying apology is is not necessary. I think it is. But what's so much more powerful is when you go to somebody in earnest and you say, will you forgive me? I have wronged you. And I value you. I value our relationship, our friendship. And I messed up. We want grace, but we're not ready to give it and that's why this might be a hard truth but i think right now with with what's going on in this community i think it's truer than ever that's why young adults as a club and we want a church that's why young adults right here is a club and we want a church my parents um they grew up in this church this little church in kentucky um In fact, his dad was a pastor, my grandpa, and he built this church with his own two hands on the side of an old bank, and actually their youth room was inside the bank vault. Pretty cool, right? Um, But he grew up in this church. And when him and my mom married, they went um, to Bible school. When they came home, the plan was that my dad was going to carry the mantle, that he was going to pick up and carry that church and, and, and be the pastor. And and um, and this was his home church. This was his family. And they get there. And shortly after, there's a lady in the congregation, and she's struggling with this addiction to cigarettes. And the, and the church board came, and they said, man, you know, we've talked to her, and we've rebuked her, and we've done all these things that we see in Matthew 18, and it's time for us to kick her out and they were like are you kidding me if anything she needs to be here are you kidding me if anything she needs to be in our community and because of that my parents got voted out of that church Think about how deep that heart of separation is in that community that they wanted so badly that this woman to be separated and kicked out. Somebody who so desperately needed to be in that community that they voted my parents out of that church. They kicked them out because they wanted to stand up for the community. And guys, here's what I want to challenge us as a community. If there's somebody here tonight who doesn't feel welcome because of how we've treated them. If there's somebody not here tonight who's like, I can't show up because of how I've been treated. That's not okay. Especially, especially if there's somebody that needs to be in this community. That they need to be here being encouraged, what are we doing as a community if the people that need to be here don't feel welcome? What are we doing as a community if the very people that need to be encouraged need to be in a place where we're worshiping the Father together feel like an outcast or feel like they can't be here because of drama or whatever's going on? What are we doing? So we're going to be in John 13. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, um, pull out your phone, whatever. Um, John 13, verse 31. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in Himself and will glorify Him at once. Do you guys see that? Glorified is mentioned five times in the, inside of like two verses, maybe one verse. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I don't know about you guys, but this passage is like massively convicting for me because I'm asking myself: am I, do people know that I'm a Christian by how I love other people? That's the question for tonight. That's the question you want to ask yourself. Do people know you're a Christian by how well you love other people? Without question. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this passage. We're going to jump into a couple others. But the first thing I want to tell you is forget your pride and be the hero. Forget your pride and be the hero. If you have conflict, if you have beef with somebody, forget your pride and be the hero. Um, when we see in this first couple of verses where Jesus says glorified five times, that word that he's talking about is, is uh, if you look at the, um, the scholars are saying that this word glorified is related directly to his sacrifice, his death that's coming up. He's sitting at the Last Supper with his disciples and when he's saying glorify, 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 glorified, he's not talking about him being like, praised and and one you know what he's saying is is like look I'm getting ready to die. I'm getting ready to offer up my life. Jesus stripped himself of all and became human. We um this reminds me of the Philippians 2 passage where it says that he he became human, he He joined us in this life, experienced everything that we experienced, and he became humble. He became humble. I want to tell you tonight. I don't know if you're what's if you're um, if there's anybody that you can think of, you know, maybe a, a family member, friend, um, maybe a, a loved one, whatever that that maybe you're in a conflict with, maybe you're not, whatever. Um, Man, sometimes we need to be the hero. We need to forget our pride. I know that when Jessa and I have had our own moments of butting heads, right, it's always hard to be that first person that's going back and saying, you know what, I just want to apologize for my part in what happened. But what's so cool, even though you're taking the risk that the other person is going to reciprocate that, right, even though you're taking the risk, you're being the hero, right? This is what Jesus did. He humbled himself and sacrificed himself and took that risk and went to the cross. And because of that, we have life. And if you want to breathe new life into a relationship, the perfect way to do it, if you're in the midst of a conflict, is to be the hero and forget your pride and go and offer an olive branch, a conversation opportunity to sit down and talk. Jesus goes on here and he says a new new commandment I give to you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. Okay. So this is reminiscent of where he says Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love each other as yourself, right? Reminiscent of that. What Jesus is doing there is he's actually summarizing all of the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but he's summarizing all of the Ten Commandments. Let me just read these to you. So the first three are all about loving God. Okay, you should not have any strange gods before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. Remember to keep the Sabbath holy. Okay, the first three commandments are all about how to love God, right? And so he summarizes it. He says in this new commandment, he says, love the Lord your God. And then he summarizes the next seven. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, you shall not um, cover your neighbor's wife or his things. All of that is how to love each other. So when he's, when he, when he's um, in the New Testament, and he's talking about love the Lord your God and love each other. He's not negating or going away with or, or, or getting rid of the Ten Commandments. What he's doing is, is he's summarizing it and he's saying, look, I don't know about you guys, but man, sometimes memorizing all this stuff is kind of hard. Anybody ever try to memorize a Bible verse and it just like wasn't working for you, right? Yeah, okay, that's, that's my world. Welcome to my world. Um, but it's helpful for me when there's like a summary, right? Okay, so it's hard to remember all the Ten Commandments, but what I can remember is love God and love each other. That's pretty simple enough for me. Love God and love each other. So when it comes to each other, the new, the fresh, The commandment that he gives, he doesn't say anything else. He says, "Love each other, love each other, love each other, love each other." And we say this a lot around these parts. um, And I love this. The the Holy Spirit convicts. God judges. It's our job to love. It's not your job to judge. It's not your job to be the voice of conviction in somebody's life. Are there moments where we need to speak truth to somebody? Yes, absolutely, at the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But our job, above all else, that trumps everything is to love. And if we're not starting there, then we definitely shouldn't start with, hey, I'm going to judge, or I'm going to be the, con- the, uh, the person who brings conviction. We need to start at love. So what do we have so far? We have forget your pride, be the hero. Number two is the Holy Spirit convicts, God judges, and it's our job to love. Number three is have a sense of urgency. Have a sense of urgency. Ephesians four twenty-five through twenty-seven says, therefore each one of each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Pause. Okay, we went through Ephesians like last fall, I think, or summer, and we did a deep dive. We went through every chapter, and we talked about this, and we talked about how Paul is like, man, he's hammering this thing called unity home, and he's talking about how we are united in Christ, and we are one body. And what Paul is saying here is like, man, because we're we're united, we're a part of this body, therefore we need to be real with each other. Man, I hate playing church. Anybody else hate playing church? Feeling like you got to come here and I need to put on a smile and everything's got to be hunky dory. What if church was the place safe to struggle? I guarantee you if we're um, in, engaged in conflicts with each other, if there's tension, if there's beef, guess what the first thing is that goes out the window? Any kind of vulnerability. We can't be vulnerable with each other when we are in conflict with each other. Conflict banishes our ability to be real with each other because all of a sudden we got to maintain rep, got to maintain face, we got to maintain... Because we can't be vulnerable. Verse 26, Twenty six. in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. If there's one thing that's so true in our relationship, Jessa and I, we've really um, done a lot of work at asking Abba to teach us to discern this. That is discerning when the Holy Spirit is trying to drive a wedge between us. And there will literally be moments where we're in the car and we're driving. And we'll look at each other and we'll say, yep, right now. Did you feel that? The enemy is trying to drive a wedge between us. Because he knows if he can destroy our marriage, he has a much better chance at destroying our lives. So we need to have a sense of urgency when we're in a place of conflict. We need to seek reconciliation, you know, if, if, it's, if it's possible. We need to seek it as quickly as we can because we're fighting against that possibility that the enemy is going to have that wedge, that, that, um, that sense of, uh, of separation between the two of us. You know, we, we'll literally, we'll, we'll look at each other and we'll say, you know, I don't, I don't feel like we're very close right now. I don't know what's going on. I feel like you're kind of distant. Can we go for a walk? Because we are on the same team. But that commitment didn't start after seven years of marriage. That commitment started way before that, when we were friends. Because I valued her friendship. She valued my friendship. Sense of urgency. Next. This is one we, like, don't talk about. Because it's hard. I'll be the first to admit how hard it is. But you need to repent to the person that you sinned against. We talk about repenting to God. You know we sin against God, right? Um. Did you know that we sin against each other? And that when we do that, repentance to that person needs to be a part of that reconciliation. That's where it's hard. That's where it's like, whoa, okay, this is really calling into question my commitment to this relationship to this person. Because now what it looks like is I'm going to have to go to that person and I'm going to have to confess what I've done. And I'm going to have to ask them for their forgiveness. Dude, that's heavy. That's heavy. We're going to look at Luke 17, thir- 3 through 4. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. Hmm. And if they repent, forgive them. Anybody ever hold a grudge before? Um I, I, uh, I'm not a really good grudge holder, but Jessa is a, is an excellent grudge holder. She's like skill. It's like if you, if you could have a skill or like, you know, I don't know that this is on a personality profile, but like if the, if you could have a personality of like a, a grudge holder, you know, that's, that's kind of, I'm, I'm kidding, but she's really good at it. And in fact, like she remembers stuff from like eight years ago. Like, details, and I'm like, how do you even remember that? But it's something that I said that didn't sit right, and it's like stewed, and it's been there for <laughs> so many years, and then all of a sudden, it'll just pop up, and I'm like, dude, how long have you been holding on to that for, you know? And um, and I love her, and she's she's actually a very forgiving person, but it says here, if somebody has wronged you, if they've sinned against you... And they come to you and they say, I screwed up. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know that, I think there's a whole conversation that you could have about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't, right? And that's, that's probably a conversation for another day. But just know that the, the Bible is not at, in any way, shape, or form advocating for something that is unhealthy or putting yourself in a position of abuse. Okay, so know that. But I think right here it's challenging us that if somebody has come with a contrite heart and is, and is admitting wrongdoing and is saying, please forgive me for, for being this way or to acting this way or hurting you in this way, it's challenging us to come to a place of forgiveness. We said earlier, um, there's something totally different between apologizing And asking for forgiveness. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you're in that place and you're going to a person and you're wanting to repent and just get rid of your pride and and make that first move and try to bring reconciliation, I just want to encourage you, in a place of honesty and authenticity, ask them for their forgiveness. Say, will you please forgive me? It's hard to say, actually. It's hard to say those words. Next, and I think this is our last point. Forgive often. Forgive often. Forgive often. Forgive often. One of the things that Jessa and I kind of have a, a thing where we, we say, um, you know, grace all around, right? Grace is given, grace is received, grace is given, grace is received. Um, I have figured out how to very quickly go and say, I screwed up, will you forgive me, please? And you know what? We figured out really quickly how to extend that forgiveness too. And it's actually, it's hard to kind of say, hey, I forgive you. But it's so needed in this process of reconciliation of being a body and committing to each other and doing life together. Um, there's so many places in Acts where it talks about how the the Christians, the number of the Christians grew. Did that mean that their problems you know stopped happening no they had all kinds of problems they were navigating problems together every single day there were needs there you know people were hunting them down and it says that this person sold their land and they gave their money to this person over here so they would have money to live off of and that person you know did that job so that this person and it was like their commitment wasn't to like this fairy tale view of relationships their commitment was to each other as human beings beings who who had sold out to the gospel and to the redemption that Christ brings. And they said, we're going to do it together, regardless of what comes our way. If we're scattered because they're threatening our lives, we're going to run for the hills together. If we need to pray, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray so much that the ground is going to shake. Prisons are going to be broken open together. So I want tonight to be a little bit introspective and as um, Jenna comes back up, I, you know, um, as you're running a small group, you know, um, a lot of our folks here are small group leaders, Um, you know those moments where you have that really awkward silence? It's like, oh, it's just hard to sit in. I want us to sit in a moment of silence and then Jenna's going to start playing a song and um, here's I just want to ask you a few questions really quick that I want you to think about in these moments of silence. Do people know that you're a believer by the quality of your love? There's a book by Francis Schaeffer I talked about him. The book is called The Mark of the Christian. This thing called love is the mark of the Christian. Do you bear that mark? How would you rate the quality of your love? Do you love people around you well? Does that include the people that are hard to love? So easy. Again, to love our friends when we're having fun, right? Somebody says something, does something that hurts. Now I'm mad. Now I feel like you should owe me an apology. And we're not talking because we have beef. And I'm, I'm not doing anything until you come because I deserve it. You hurt me. Are we loving those people well? Do you have beef with people right now, maybe in this room, that's unresolved? Are you the kind of person who forgives quickly and often? I just want to encourage you this evening. um, We're going to take two minutes. We're going to sit, and then Jenna's going to play. And um, During the silent part, I want you to think and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if there's tension, if there's conflict that needs to be resolved here tonight. Let's do work, family. Let's do work. Let's be better. Let's be a family, let's be a community. If I let a disagreement end our relationship, what I'm saying to you is that you're not as important as that as that disagreement. So I just want to encourage you, as Jen is playing, if you need to text somebody, I don't know, cousin that you're fighting with or something you know, whatever, maybe you said something mean to your brother or sister. Whatever. I don't know. Let's do work tonight. And then we'll jump into small group. Father, thank you for um, just the ability to have these hard conversations. I know for me it was like, it was freeing, it was liberating to say, okay, these are the steps that I need to take when things are difficult. I can go and Be the first person, be that hero to take the first step and to extend an olive branch and to ask for forgiveness. I can um, bring reconciliation. I can pray for reconciliation in my relationships God would you um, unite us as a family God I pray that we would look back on this season as a community and we would say that, that was that moment where we became a community where we became a church not just a club God I feel like we're a club God I'm sorry that we are this way I'm sorry that God that we haven't represented you to each other But we need to take a bold, hard, honest look at that reality. And we need to ask for your forgiveness. God, I pray tonight that we can, God, that we can just uh, lean into this. I pray that your Holy Spirit would do work in our hearts. Help us to get rid of our pride. Help us to reject our pride. Father, I rebuke the attack of the enemy on each relationship as he wants to destroy relationships, God. If he's putting a wedge in relationships, God, I I just rebuke those attacks from the enemy in the powerful, strong name of Jesus Christ. There is no room for him here. He must go. God, we cling to you. We cling to you with every ounce of our strength. We hold on to your garment of righteousness. And God, we just pray that that we would live in such a way that people would look at us and they would say, that person is a Christian because they bear the mark of love. As we sit in this... Just moment of silence, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would convict our hearts. If there's anything, any anything that we need to reconcile right here, right now, that we would not leave this place without taking care of the business that you are convicting us of. Maybe we're here tonight, and there's not, we can't think of any conflict. God, thank you. That's amazing, and I pray that those individuals. God, that you would just show them how to love inside of this community in such a powerful way that it would set an example for everyone that, man, we need to let go of those conflicts and seek you. In Jesus' name.